Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this special episode. I hope that you're enjoying the holiday season or whatever season you're in. It's a good time for reflection. Speaking of which, a lot of industries have been through challenges throughout the pandemic over the past couple of years, but few have experienced the extreme hits that the travel industry has. It takes exceptional leadership to help organizations in that field in particular navigate the constantly changing environment while staying focused on what's most important. Fortunately, I had the chance to have a conversation with an exceptional CEO in the travel industry who's done just that. Well, he happens to be an exceptional CEO, period. His name is Troy Hayes, and he's president and CEO of Brownell, a leading upscale travel firm with an impressive history dating back to 1887. Yes, 1887. I last saw Troy when I was leading a CEO roundtable in person, back in the day, off-site, in March of 2020, when things were just starting to tumble. Now, he's used to traveling around the world, but the journey he's been on over the last couple of years has been a different kind of adventure. Troy opens up about his journey since then, about the progress that his firm has made. He shares lessons learned and talks about the unique value that his firm creates. Troy has been in the field almost 30 years, and before we started recording, he told me that he found travel working at Bain & Company in Boston after he graduated from Harvard Business School. At a very young age, mid-20s, he had the opportunity to work on a turnaround project where he found a nugget of a business that became travel advisory services, which is different from transactional travel agency services, as he'll explain. A lot of people or businesses can make the claim that they value relationships and treat people well, but few put it into practice in every aspect of their business like this business does. Much of their success through the good times and bad has to do with the values that serve as a foundation for everything that they do and every relationship that they create and nurture. I especially enjoy speaking with CEOs who exude so much passion about their work and their mission. So it was a special treat to speak with Troy. I encourage you to explore brownelltravel.com to learn more about the unique experiences they create so you can start planning your trip. Now's a good time to do that as you look ahead to the new year. Enjoy my conversation with Troy Hayes. Troy, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here, and I know that we have a lot to cover. Yeah, it was delightful to be here with you. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk about Brownell Travel today. Yeah, I know the last time that we met in person, I think, was when I was leading a CEO roundtable. It was one of the last in-person events of about a year and a half or two years ago. I've lost track. So I know that you've been through a lot since then, and I just wanted to hear some of your insights about what you've gone through, what you've learned Uh, especially being in the travel industry, which you've got a lot of uh, great stories to share. So 
I'd love to just let you jump in and kind of share what your experience has been, knowing that a lot of the people listening in would love to hear what you've been through and what you've learned, how resilient you've been. <laughs> well, uh, Gail, it's been a great ride. So when we were last together was at the beginning as, as we descended into the pandemic, and I think it was February, perhaps. Yeah, February, March. Yes. So our perspective for the for those who are listening. So Brownell Travel is a 135-year-old company. So we've been in travel since 1887, which makes us the oldest uh, standing agency in America. And that unique perspective is pretty interesting in, in many ways, because we can look at the history of a company that has been through two world wars, has been through the Spanish flu, and um, and has been through a lot of different things. And so there was some comfort <laughs> in, in, in looking at the history to know that um, they've survived other crises. But uh, we were growing at a 20% clip year on year from the Great Recession forward. And I've been here through 9-11. I've been here through the Great Gulf War, uh, Great Recession, uh, a lot of other crises and thought we had prepared ourselves for a lot of trauma. Um, And we have a company that is ready to be resilient because we're exposed to world events. We're exposed to world crises. We were not prepared for a world shutdown. We went from growing at 20% in February going in to um, a full shutdown two months later, where we were actually in negative revenue. I never had a negative top line in a business in in my career, um, but we were refunding more than we were issuing when we got to um, May and June. And uh, we had no idea what what was coming. So it was it was quite the ride. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So where did you start when you first had this kind of new experience? You mentioned that you'd been involved in turnarounds at a young age, but this was so different. So when you were kind of trying to get your bearings in this new new way of trying to work and lead your team, what were some of the first things that you did or wish that you would have done in, in hindsight that could have helped you move through things? Well, going into it, we were around $200 million in business and about 160 or so people in the company in 25 states across the, across the company. And we're a service business and so and we're a team. And so the number one thing was communicate with to be as transparent as possible with what information we had. So we had a we had a crisis management team. Immediately, we pulled the leadership team together. We fortunately had moved into Slack, which was great. So we had instead of email, we had a way to communicate. And as 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 the world turned upside down, we had a way for everybody to turn to communicate rapidly. And saw you know as you're trying to do refunds, we had clients stuck on cruise ships. We had clients stuck places they couldn't get home. We had all kinds of those. And so, how do we communicate? How do we share? And as far as you know, jobs go, we obviously pretty quickly as revenue began to dry up, we knew we couldn't keep everyone on the payroll full time, but we communicated with where we were. Um, you know, we are um, a high EQ business. It's a service business, so care and, and trust is all the trust is the is is the currency that we live in internally and externally. So the team had to know where we stood, and so we you know immediately. As we began to have to go to reduced hours and reduced compensation, we you know, the owners stopped taking pay, and we had, and the leaders took reduced comp, and everybody we had to communicate all that constantly, and everybody began to pull back. Uh, we knew there would be government support coming, but it didn't come for a while. When it came, we missed the first round of PPE. It was awful. <laughs> that was an awful night. That was an awful night on my book, but I'm talking to my banker. He said, hang in there, you'll get one. And I had to talk to the team about it. And um, mm-hmm. being transparent still, yeah. Be transparent. And and we didn't do layoffs until 
the PPE ran out, but we told them before it came and because I needed them preparing and uh, what was coming. And, and, you know, and, and we went through all that. So we prepared and, and tried to give everyone that heads up. And so we ran through that. And, and, but the business, you know, while here we are 18, 19 months later and the revenue is beginning to recover month by month, um, at times it's coming to a level that it's almost back to where it was. But, you know, we'll end this year at a little over half of what we were going into the pandemic. The trend line looks very good. But it, it went slam to the ground, up, down, up, down. It's very volatile, right? But the key has been to us, as my leadership team, we sat down, we said our number one issue here is, you know, we've won best places to work. We, we love and care for our team. Our net promoter scores have been through the roof uh, with our team and with our clients. We sat down and said our number one issue here is we must preserve our core values and we must preserve our core team as much as we possibly can. And we fought for that all the way through this process. We've been battered and bruised, but we feel we've preserved that as best we possibly can. And so as we began to recover, we restored the pay for our core team that was here. And then we extended offers to the ones we had to lay off to come back. Uh, and many of them have. And that's, that's that to me, that was the most joyful time for me was to be able to restore that and bring those folks back. Yeah. So when, when you're talking about values and how important they are in your business, can you explain either how you arrived at those or what you do to keep those front and center? Have they changed over the years? I know that that was such a grounding force for you throughout this whole time. So how do you keep those alive and, and having meaning in your workplace? So over 10 years ago, we went through as a team the whole vision and values exercise. And our vision is that we believe in travel to enrich lives through exceptional travel. That is our vision statement. Uh, And our values are for passion, integrity, graciousness, excellence, and innovation. And in those, they have different values to all those, but probably the most unique one of those is graciousness. And graciousness in travel is essential because that means, you know, our business is that we we promise a great outcome over a product that we don't deliver. You know, we tell Gail, if I promise to you a great trip and you're headed to Italy and, and you're going to have a, a guide and a hotel and a driver and a wonderful meal, all of those <laughs> all, <laughs> and those are all products that we don't control. But what we do is we build wonderful relationships with all of those people. And so What is vital over 135 years is that we vet the very best providers and we build trusted relationships with those people over the years. And we know who can do that. Yet what's really vital in the ups and downs and travel is that we we work with them in a way that builds trust. And so that graciousness means grace means you extend merit when merit is not due. When things go upside down, when they go bump and in travel, they go bump a lot, not just in a pandemic. But it means when things go bump in Italy and there's a problem, it means that instead of yelling at that supplier, we train our teams that say, you know, okay, Guido, the car broke down, our client is not happy with the driver, he smells bad, whatever the problem may be, how are we going to fix this problem? We got it. And and we work with them to solve the problems. And in doing so, over 135 years at Brownell, we've learned we build trust. We give the partner a chance to fix the situation. We work on it. And over the years, those are the Brownell values and, and that we have learned our partners want to work with our team because they treat them well. That means they extend better to they extend better their relationships with our clients. 
And those values are essential. And treating people well works in business. And it works all around the world. Yet the traditional travel agent, because it is a lower paid position and it tends to be in the weak position because the travel agent's not there at the, at the airline counter. They're not there at the, and usually they get blamed. Often the travel agent tends to be shrill and a little bit mean and edgy. That stressful job. <laughs> they're stressful and they're in the weak job. If we rise above, if we in the stressful situation are extending the grace and the merit and build a better relationship, we have learned in the over the Brown 135 years, this has been passed on to us, we can help deliver a better experience. And so what we said in this crisis, as difficult as it must be, we cannot deviate from that. We must preserve this core. And that was, we said, my, our core team, even though Italy has been hit, Italy's a great example. They were the first place that was hit as hard as any. They couldn't, they would not, they were not allowed to refund. They, their government didn't let, and our client, many clients were very upset about that. And we had to walk them through why. And, and so you can't yell at your Italian partners about it. We had to work with them on that and explain this to our clients and work our way. And so, and we know that at the end of the day, when we now are getting our clients to get to Italy and use those credits and to travel and go, we know our Italian partners are so grateful because the drivers can drive again, the guides can go again, and they're treating our, the experience are so great. They're so grateful for the business and they're treating our clients so well. Well, going into this, treating people well, treating them with dignity and respect and showing graciousness when things are tough. Um, it is it's not just it's not just what you should do. It's not just treating people as the way your mother said you treat people. It is good business. And at the end of the day, the client gets a better experience. And those are the things that as we descended into the crisis, our team gathered in the conference room and said, we must preserve this because this is what's made our company special for 133 years, 134 years, now 135 years. Yeah, I love that. You really rallied around that value and it permeates everything and, and how you engage with everyone. So uh, that's that's wonderful. So when you're thinking about the the talent that you're hiring, I'm curious to know because I know a lot of other leaders are trying to find people who can fit the culture, who can kind of embody those values. Are you just really good at finding people, or are you good at helping them uh, conform to what it is that you're creating there? How, how is it that you found the people that work for you that are doing such a good job there? Well, there that's a that's a good question, and it's um it's a very diligent process. So our Everyone who, all the advisors in the business are all independent contracts. And that is the way our industry is more. And so, so even though we're headquartered here in Birmingham, all our advisors are in 25 states across the country. Uh, so they're able to work from home. Some have small offices. And that's because they have their own networks of folks who love travel and want to do well. So people tend to want to work with people that they know. They have their own sphere of influence and that they do well. And the people that come into this business, they, many of them are career switchers. They've changed from careers. Uh, so often they're successful with their former attorneys, their former financial planners. They've had careers, they've been successful, but they want to now do something that they love. And many people adore travel, yet you also need to have the ability to do a startup business. Um, and you have to have a sphere of influence of over 100 people that you know would love to have you help plan travel. You have to have the desire to plan travel, because in which, as we're learning today, is not easy. <laughs> Navigating in today's world, especially. And so we have about 120 people in the organization who are travel 
advisors, not travel agents now, an advisor who gives advice and someone you come to know and that you trust. I was going to say, if you could make that distinction, how is a travel agent different from an advisor? Yeah. So it's a really good question. An agent is a transactional relationship that books something for you. An advisor is someone you know and you trust who absolutely comes alongside you and builds a trusted relationship with you and is similar to your financial planner, perhaps similar to, um, it depends on where you are in your life, but perhaps someone that is your architect. It may be someone that is your interior designer. It may be someone that is um, your hairdresser. Yeah. Designing your experience, designing your travel experience. I love that. Yeah. Often we know uh, the family dynamics really well. Some of our favorite stories will be when we plan a family gathering, and we know that the child has um, celiac disease and the mom doesn't have to worry about it. And the chef shows up and there's a big family gathering and it's in Italy and, and they step in and they remind them that yes, it's taken care of and the, they can take that worry off the table. Someone has a medical condition and we've conveyed all those concerns to the property or to the cruise lot or to the tour company. And we've covered those sorts of things for them. We have a, a process our unique process is called Discover More. And planning a trip has five steps to it. To discover what your dream is, to design the trip, collaborating with you, then to connect in anticipation of the trip, uh, share, share recipes, share books, share movies with everyone, uh, what we're going to do, experience the trip, to be in the background as you travel and to know and catch the things, and then to share share afterwards. How was the trip? So our collaborative process has five steps to it. It's very intentional. It's very design process. And in doing so, we come very deep in understanding what the client wants to do. So it's not just transactional. And um, and that's the very different level between what uh, an agent would do and what an Yeah, that's clear. Very relational versus transactional. So as, as you're looking ahead, you know, you, you mentioned that there's still so much uncertainty with travel. How are you navigating now? What are you doing to anticipate what's coming and preparing yourself with still so much uncertainty? What's working for you? Well, I'm, I'm amazed at these travel advisors that work with me because the, the, the pivot that we're having to make is we're having to learn constantly every single day in terms of testings, in terms of protocols and different, and every country has something different. And, um, and so the day by day learning and, and, you know, as, as well as the travel experience is a little bit different, the level of staffing in each hotel, the rates are as high as they've ever been, if not higher, yet the level of staffing and services are not quite the same. So we have to talk with the clients and explain and, and, and set expectations before you go that, you know, the, the services may not be the same and find out from the hotel and communicate with the clients because we don't want the client to be disappointed when they get there that they may not have the same level of what they had before um, and they need to know that. And so a lot of it is uh, educating ourselves and preparing the clients and knowing that we cannot know everything. We have to give the client the very best information that is available and also prepare them for the fact that it will change perhaps between the time they tuck off and the time that they land. Um, and our job is to help them make good decisions and to be prepared and to be there as they move through their trip and help them adjust as they go through. Because we will find that even the providers, the airlines, et cetera, they don't always have the best information. You know, we'll have clients check in at the airline and, and they'll they'll make them prepare a test that is not the right test. Um, and, and, and then they'll send them back and they'll miss their flight and we have to help them adjust to it, et cetera. So how we're dealing with it is helping our team cope with the stress and lean on each other and cope with us, uh, help us help each other so that we 
don't burn our team out um, in this process because it's it's really hard because they can't take it on themselves to solve the problem. They can take it on themselves to help the clients navigate an unsolvable situation, but a, we, we can navigate our way through it by being prepared, by anticipating the challenges, and by having the resources to solve the problems as they come up. Yeah, you just touched on a, on a need that I think is so universal in, in so many organizations and, and helping your team cope and deal with the stress. So is there any secret that you can share or any process or approach that is helping more than another? Because I know that a, a lot of managers and, and leaders and executives are stressed themselves. They're just trying to hold themselves together. And so, you know, trying to help your team do that at the same time, would love to hear your insights on that. Well, I, I think one of the things we talked about the other day was trying to have that abundance mindset in the fact that there's a solution. And so when presented with a problem, it's not an obstacle as much as we go well, back up and think, okay, well, that's a challenge. Now, how do we find a solution here? Um, and take a big deep breath. And how do we find a solution and look to each other and not just take it on myself and that weight on me and go, who I don't, I'm not sure what I'm going to do here and turn, turn and say, who do I, you know, if I'm stumped, who do I turn to and look to each other? Because um, it's hard. I get depleted and, and I have to turn around and say, you know, there are times I've got to back up and say, um, I, I turn to something, you know, and we, we all have, whether it's a, in my faith, a place I turn for help and, and, and say, you know, Lord, this is bigger than me. <laughs> Let me turn this over to you. And I know that works, That, but there, there are spiritual solutions. There are meditation solutions. There are solutions outside of ourselves. And then there's community and there's love and care and trust. And we need to wrap ourselves all around it. And that's language we I use a lot, that we love each other here. And, tr- and trust is the language, trust is the currency we use here because where there's trust, there's speed and we can complete each other's sentences. And when they're core values that we share, it means that we're going to stumble and fall short. It not, means that we all screw up. And it means doesn't mean we're bad. It just means we made mistakes and it means that we help each other. And it means, you know, can I give you a hand? And then when somebody falls short, it means I gave you a hand. And that is how we get through. Uh, it's how we solve and get through tough times. And so recognizing that we're all going to screw up, um, recognizing that giving a hand, helping another is the best way to help me and finding ways to say, I, I can't do it, but I know I don't have the answer, but I think I know where I can get help um, or always we can help manage the stress as we get through it and recognizing this is the time that none of us have all the answers to it and, and we need to reach out for help. That's so true. I know that uh, you and I are talking toward the end of the year and holiday season. So I was curious to know if there's anything special that you do with you or your team or, or even you personally, as you're kind of reflecting back on the year, um, anything in particular you appreciate or practices that you have in place that help you either reflect on the year and, and prepare for the new year? What's going on right now, this time of year? Well, most of us, for us, we, we celebrated the chance to get together. And so we had our, our company gathering. You had to be vaccinated and you had to test <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we are, we are a hugging group. And so we did all get together and it just made such a difference. Um, and we had not been able to do it in almost two years, in two years. And our partners came in. Um, fortunately, we did it in mid-November. And so the uh, Europeans were, the international folks could come in. And so we had uh, 75 of our 
partners were able to come in and 120 plus of our team were able to get together. And that really gave a spring in the step because our business is about relationships. We send people we believe that that travel does enrich a life. And we believe that as you travel the world, you open eyes and hearts to the world and it changes people. And so connecting with our friends who came from South Africa, of all places, that's really getting hammered right now. We had folks from the UK and we had folks from all over Europe. And uh, unfortunately, the, that we couldn't get folks here from Asia, but we had folks just from around the world able to get here. It made a huge difference. And then last week, we even had a little gathering here in the office and played Dirty Santa, and that was just, you know, about as good as it gets. So getting together and connecting, it just, that is, and being thankful for that. Um, yeah, those are about as powerful connections as we possibly can ask for. Aristotle said it best, we're human, we're social creatures. And that social connection time, we miss it so much. And as we got together, what we heard is we're missing this. You know, we're, again, we're spread out over 25 states now, 26 states now, and we've not been able to travel together. We've not been able to get together and we're missing, we're missing that. And we, we heard loud and clear and we've got to find ways, this virtual hybrid world, you know, when we're a company that really values community as a leader, I've got to find a better way to connect. And um, I would love to hear more from others. I mean, we're going to we're going to double down on, we travel to small groups to do our educational trips where we send people to Italy, send people to, you know, I can't do Australia now, but we send them to the destinations with our key partners and do study educational trips. And that's a great way to bond. And we've got to do more of that, but we've also got to do, we do masterminds groups where we connect each other and we, we've we got to find ways to double down on our connections of our people because by being virtual, so many of our folks virtual, we're missing those connections. So I've got to do better. Yeah. Um, what are you looking forward to the most as you look into the new year? Is there anything specific that you're focused on or most excited about? Yeah. Well, we've made some organizational changes for us so that we're able to free up our team to be able uh, to share ideas. We've got some great work on, on portals where we're able to get our partners. You know, like I said, while we're a virtual organization of advisors and our team that's here that supports them, the third leg of our organization that's so critical are these supplier partners. And we bring them fully into the fold of Brownell because, as I said, we promise a great outcome over a product we don't deliver. <laughs> so, you know, when New Zealand opens up, it's so critical that our New Zealand, our Kiwis, that we that they know us and we know them and, and we know them so well. So what we're really looking forward to is drawing them closer in the fold. So we've got some great technology tools that we're doing, but we also are stepping doubling down on getting our people on the ground and traveling again. Um, and we've got some enhanced educational travel where our people are going to be able to get out around the world together with some really great trips where we're bonding with those folks and learning their destinations more. So we'll be doing even more of that in the coming year. Um, that's so critical as we learn those destinations, but my team get to know each other better. And that builds the Brownell culture of those core values of and sharing and learning together. As I mentioned, these folks have all, our team has come from different backgrounds. And it's amazing when you've got folks that have um, you know, this one was an attorney and this one had a marketing background and this one was a financial planner and, and this one worked for Uber. So they come in with all these fresh ideas and doing podcasts and stuff. And so when 
six or eight of them go on a trip together, they're learning not just the destination, but they're sharing practices together. And the learning is just the crackling of the learning is so special. So, so we want to foster that uh, and find the ways they travel together. And then they post their notes and they come together and they, they do their mastermind groups and they share. So finding ways that we share wisdom across the platform is what I'm most excited about. They're sort of a matrix of ways we're doing that. As you can tell, I'm kind of excited about how what 22 has in store for. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's just really extraordinary what you all have done through these difficult times, and your leadership has been so impressive. So before I let you go, I just wanted to ask if there's any key takeaway, learning, or insight based on all that you've gone through that might be helpful to other leaders who are facing challenges, who you know also experience the ups and downs and the uncertainty, what what is a key takeaway or piece of advice that you might share? Well, you're kind. I've certainly made plenty of mistakes through this process, and that's that's part of good leadership, though. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> as long I, as you I'm, learn from them. <laughs> I'm just th- I'm thankful to be here and be even. I, I talk to you now. We're in the middle of Omicron, and you know, yet again another. You know, we just had Delta and we thought we're out of that one, got another one. But fortunately, we seem to be learning how to, the public, seem, we seem to be navigating and learning to deal with this new normal of an endemic environment. Um, I think, um, you know, what's old is new again is that treating people well and caring for each other still works. And at the end of the day, that's just so tried and true and, and staying the course with that. But having margin in the business so that you can take a deep breath. Um, when we hit the pandemic, while other companies were laying off faster than we did, we took we took a little longer and could communicate with the team. And while we ended up probably doing about as many layoffs, we gave people more heads up and more time and communicated a little bit more because um, we had a, a little more of balance sheet time and a little more flexibility in the structure that we had created. Uh, I hope that was helpful and having margin today to be. And so I think that 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 part was really helpful to be able to have a margin in your life and margin in your business is really important so that you can take a beat and communicate and make more thoughtful decisions and also just dig in on caring for people, even when it's hard decisions to make, to be honest and truthful with it. And um, and then, you know, take that that hard feedback that comes with it. That has all been really true. And the other is it's been really interesting. Travel um, travel is coming back. People want to see the world. People thought group travel would die. We have a small incentive travel business for companies. And, um, you know, we, we had to downsize it. But that's been one of the things that's come back the fastest. I've got people calling me saying, my customers want, I want to get my customers together. I can't get to them as well. Or I want to take my top people. I need to get together with them. This what I'm just talking about, this hybrid world. I'm getting calls so fast of people saying I want to take 100 people, 200 people and get them together and reward them, bond them together. That's come back faster than I could possibly have imagined. That desire for connection is just so real and we can manage our way around the the virus issues. So so that desire to come together has been really interesting. and, And I think we're seeing it in office as well. You can find ways to get people together. You know, we we want to be together with people we care about and build community. 
And just now we have to find our way to do it with dealing with an endemic situation. And let's find our way to build community. And that's our leader's challenge um, to do it with in the environment that we're in. Um, yeah. We can do this. Yeah, that's so good and encouraging. I love how in some ways, you know, I do a lot of strategic planning. Sometimes strategic planning is blown out of the water and it all falls back on relationships and people at the end of the day, right? So <laughs> relationships matter. Relationships we matter. We just have to do them a little bit differently. But, uh, you know, if the, I, and, and one of the great joys of this company is I can look back and say, you know, Mrs. Brownell got them through the Spanish flu in 1914 to 1918 and through a world war and the comp- and it all recovered afterwards and roared and again, but people want to be together and they want to see the world and they want to come together. And then we had 9-11 and people, terrorists tried to kill us. And yet here we go seeing the world again. And we found our way to navigate around that great terror. We will find our way around this one. We'll just do it. We'll do it differently. And, but we will get our way through this one too. Yes. What a journey. What a journey you've been on. It's amazing. And I love your optimism and can't wait to see where you go from here. And I'm so glad that we connected. So what, what is the best way for people to reach out to you or to find more, explore your services? Oh, well, thanks. So if they can go to brownotravel.com. Um, and, um, or they can just reach out to me at Troy H at brownelltravel.com and, um, just, just give me a shout. Obviously I just love to talk about travel love to talk about, you know, how you build an, or, you know, an organization of care and what we learned and what, what I've done wrong. I can certainly tell you plenty of things about that. So <laughs> my team can tell you about that and, yes. uh, and, um, and, and riding the ups and downs and, uh, of the craziness of the travel business, but uh, the world is the world. There's so many great places to go, in in a in a world looking for sustainability. There are ways you can help the world be more sustainable, help vulnerable cultures be stronger, do it in a carbon neutral way, and be more inclusive. It is there's such a hunger for these new things we've awakened to over the course of the pandemic that um, you can travel and do make an impact for good in today's world. And that's those are veins that have just opened up that are pretty exciting. And uh, we're, we're excited about that. So if anybody would like to be a part, make an impact in travel or be part of opening those doors, I'd love to talk about it. Yeah. The bigger mission there. That's wonderful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. Well, again, thank you so much. And for everyone else listening in, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.